Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 370. This is your guide to the geek side. And I'm one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra from Savage, Minnesota, joined by Charlie from East Grand Rapids with no weather report. No, but I'll tell you what, I bet our guest who lives like blocks away from me could totally step in and do the same thing. But you know what? I'm not going to speak for him. I'll let him speak for himself. Yes. And we are joined by Steve from Parts Unknown. Steve Steckity from uh, East Grand Rapids, uh, Michigan, just like Charlie, actually, an yep. old time acquaintance of Charlie from 30 years ago now. Damn right. So, yeah. How are you guys doing today? Thanks. You, thank you very much for uh, having me on. Well, it's good to have you on. We're, we're, bring, we're bringing in a ringer, an expert, and an opinionated filmsmith to talk about uh, something that is classified as a film that we're going to talk about later. <laughs> Woo! Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> thank you for coming on, Steve. This will be fun. Um, but before we get into the mix, we always ask our guests to give their geek origin, how they became the nerd they are today. So please tell us more. All right. Well, I am a child of the 80s, much like yourselves, I'm sure. Uh, I was an avid movie lover growing up and avid to the point where I would mow lawns so I could get Roger Rabbit tapes. I go buy, you know, buy movies at D&W every week. And <laughs> I nice. love it. As you can see behind me, I've still gotten, you know, Fletch Adventures mm-hmm. and movie sitting, things like that. I eventually grew up, though, and when I went to college, I went to theater school in Chicago because I thought I wanted to be in, be in theater. Uh, I still love the movies. Spent four years uh, in theater school. I realized that is not what I wanted to do. Uh, much more enjoyed being behind the camera. And so when I graduated, uh, I had spent my entire career with friends in my dorms and apartments making movies and learning how to edit with early Photoshop, things like that. Graduated and basically got a job after a couple shorter ones in a post-production house in the mid-90s, and where I was a 3D, 2D, 3D animator for seven, seven or eight years. Um, funny thing about that was about six months after getting that job, they fired our anim- – or, sorry, they f- I was a grunt. Let me start that over there. A graphics grunt doing uh, web graphics. A couple of months after I got there, though, they fired our animator downstairs, and my uh, the president of the company somehow asked me if I wanted to take that position. And I basically lied to his face because I'd heard the Steven Spielberg myth about lying your way into an office. And I said, absolutely, I'll take that. And then I found myself at 21 years old off Michigan Avenue in a room full of both Macs and PCs, and um, I don't remember the other names of the servers, the 3D servers now, Uh as an animator and I was doing television commercials and freaking out. It was trial by fire. I was, you know, late, late nights at home reading how to do things on after effects. And then that turned into an editorial position after a couple of years. And then I just up and decided with my ex-wife at the time to move back to Grand Rapids because I wanted to be a bigger fish in a little pond, spent some time at some marketing facilities and post-production houses for a few years. And then about 10 or 11 years ago, some of my friends looked at me and said, you're, you're too good to work at those places. Why don't you start your own thing? So I started up a small company called Shutterworks Media 11 years ago now this year. It's a boutique uh, video production house. We service clients like Gordon Food Service and uh, Metro Hospital, all the hospital systems, Chamber of Commerce, um, doing commercials or uh, animation pieces, sizzle reels, promotional, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's been fantastic. It's me and about 10 subcontractors I work with. Still, as you can probably see back here, still have the movie geek, movie love here. I've got probably 3,000 movies on my back wall, and I'm burrowing about four or 500 into my uh, 4Ks right now. Um, this entire basement is autographs and movie props from Ghostbusters, Empire Strikes Back, scripts signed, all this kind of stuff that I've been collecting for years. So, Wow. Really, really, really big movie fan. Damn. Boy, I, I see a, I see, a t- 
<laughs> I was going to say, Steve, I believe you're the creator of Starwipe. That's funny, Steve, because I've seen you four or five times in in the almost 30 years since we got out of high school and I knew bits and pieces, but Holy cow, that's, that is quite a resume. That's very impressive. Very oh, thank impressive you. I've, yeah. I've had, a, I've had a good fortune to work on a couple, couple films, independent films, some couple bigger things. Um, nothing too exciting, but with a lot of brands over the years, especially working yeah. in Chicago for a while. So good deal. that well, is kind of giving me what I hope is more of a, an introspective eye on movies, a lot more on the technical side though, over, over the scripting side and the, uh, that, but, um, love them all the same. Well, Steve, I, I, I don't think you knew this, but when you become a guest on the show, you volunteer to provide uh, effects work and animation for uh, the podcast. So means, when you got it ready for us, let us know. Uh, that would be absolutely something that I'd be interested in talking to you about. You know, there's a lot of great plugins. It's like 30 bucks and then you plug it in and pass it off as your own and boom, that's, that's what wow. happens. That's what happens. Yeah, a lot to, I try not to do that, but <laughs> I've joked my way through Premiere Pro begrudgingly when my son says you can do more, Dan. I'm like, this is what I can do. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm definitely open to, hit, to hints and tips. Well, it's oh really funny. Goodness. I actually still use to this day because of the time in Chicago when I was more of an animator than an editor. I use a program that came out 25 years ago called Vegas Video. It was by Sony. Oh, yeah. Sony. Yeah. It, because I could simply go animate the pieces I needed to, and then I could pull them into Vegas, and all I had to do was cut, 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 and then render out. It was really simple to learn. I got so stuck on that, I still use that 20 years later. And honestly, oh, I have Premiere, and I can use all that, but I am 10 times faster on Vegas. I mean, a cut's a cut's a cut. It's the talent of the editor that actually makes something work. Um, and then if I have to, I can load it up into Premiere and then have you know the client look at me edit in Premiere for a few minutes, and then I switch back to, to Vegas. But we, we live in a world now where I don't have somebody over my shoulder like I used to in the 90s, you know, eyeballing and asking if that pixel's going to go there, or where you're going to change that, and can you cut this, and so... Totally different. My first, our first editing tool was Windows Movie Maker. So oh, there you go. <laughs> well, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you what, if I can jump in here, looking, uh, just moving the ball forward, uh, looking at our cover for this week. Now, Steve, or uh, Todd, you had this is from December 1968, uh, Action Comics number 370. This is a little Vegas bit right here because it's three panels. You got Superman mm-hmm. at the top saying, a funny thing happened on my trip to Krypton to Earth. It's I a stand-up a, routine. I lost a thousand years. It's a terrible punchline. I mean, I'm you know I'm not involved. You know, I'm not a theater guy like you, Steve. But what do you what do you think of Superman's delivery? I mean, are you buying it? Uh sounds a little corny to me, man. I know it's uh, I know it's an old com. I know it's an old comic book, but uh, that's right. part of its part of its charm. So uh, I think I, I think it'll play fine. Oh my gosh! Well, I'll tell you what. Somebody who would probably really appreciate this, anything old and crusty, would obviously be our senior news correspondent, who we're going to go check in with down at the corner of Hollywood and Vine. That would be Madam Webb with her rumors and news. Let's go. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Well, in the news this week, Madam Webb, thank you for bringing us three amazing stories, which none of them will be controversial at all. So we appreciate that, Madam Webb. We always know that you look for stories that are controversial because you have the views of a woman from 1892. And sometimes you feel like women have progressed too far. So we're fine with having no women, anti-women stories this week, Madam Webb. So thank you for that. That is true. I will. Uh, I am going to have to disagree with you simply because I posted this story either earlier today or yesterday. Yesterday being April Fool's Day, recorded on April second. Uh, that they're talking about Bill Skarsgård, one of the Skarsgård dynasty of actors, uh, is being eyeballed to reboot The Crow, and pe- some people, at least people on our Facebook group, 
we're not so super crazy about it. So, uh, guys, where do you stand with The Crow? I certainly remember when it came out. That was tail end of high school for us, Steve. Uh, yeah, I remember being on a plane back from the Bahamas when I read on the plane that he had died uh, during the production of it. Uh, absolutely one of my old favorites, one of my old roommates in college's favorites. Uh, I had a 32-inch television in, in college and laser discs. Remember laser discs? Oh, oh man. Whoa, 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 whoa. Talk about rich boy, thirty-two inch TV laser disc. This is like three dollars. <laughs> like all I spent my money. money, all I spent my money on, and this was in college, so this is probably ninety-five, ninety-six. All I okay. spent my money, and my parents thought I was I was losing too much weight. I didn't eat, I ate ramen, and I would go to Tower Records in Chicago and buy discs all like once a week. It was like my thing. I still do that to this laser day. Laser disc, damn! I still have all my laser discs, Charlie, and I still have the Crow one. But back to the oh, movie easy. itself. Yes, they're easy to store because they're like records. Very yep. Right. Yep. And they probably don't work anymore because they oxidize after 10 years or so like that. So I've that, probably got a bunch of dead plastic back there. But That was going to be my question because a group that I belong to that's uh, attributed to Star Trek The Motion Picture, there's about to be a big release this week. Uh, mm-hmm. About the laser disc, somebody pulled out and said, I've got laser rot. And I was like, what is laser rot? I had to have this guy explain it to Yeah, me. old media. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. old digital media dies. Yeah. Well, that was analog, I think. Yeah, speckles appear on it. And yeah. uh, so I had behind yeah. me, I don't know if it's visible there in the corner there, but that is the original like 1991 box set for Star Wars, the original, original trilogy on Ooh. full laser disc, letterbox, yep. no, no effects. I have, I still have my laser disc player. I have not popped them in to see if they've been oxidizing. Still the best. I, I keep, yeah. I keep it closed. I don't want it yeah. to. Right. It's still it's, the best it, source it material. It's, it's still the it's, best source material for the right. unedited cut. If you can right. get yourself uh, somewhere along the interwebs for there, but right, yeah, this right. this is this is fairly interesting because this movie came out. Uh, my freshman year of college, like in the summer, I believe. And I remember being a, a big fan of the comic James O'Barr, this, this, this independent comic, uh, quite honestly, actually got made into a film, which was just crazy at the time about a, um, uh, a man uh, who essentially was killed and brought back to life to avenge the people that killed him. Um, and he's there to defend his city, which actually... Fun fact, Charlie, you love this. It's all about the fact that this actually happened in Detroit. I remember in particular Detroit back in those days, it, burning it down uh, was pro- was a rad- Detroit, my hometown, was a radical improvement. Smile for Instagram. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. Yeah, don't you love it? No, that's that's why I like Skarsgård's work. Uh, we love the, uh-oh, some, somebody's playing music. I'm afraid it's me. Okay, it's gone now. My... Things started playing music. Um, but yeah, I've, I liked his work. Uh, April's a big Stephen King fan. The It films that came out recently, we really enjoyed them. So I'm, I'm thumbs up for him. So I don't know why anybody would be so down on this. But well, I sorry, I, I very rarely find you hear this all the time when somebody gets cast in a movie, everybody complains that they're not going to be able to do it. And I can't right. really think too often of a real big complaint where the person doesn't come on and actually do a pretty darn good job of it. Like, right. Him being it, everybody complained, and it was freaking fantastic. So I think right. he has the capacity to certainly has the capacity to act that way. I'm just not quite sure of his overall tone. He doesn't strike. He can strike me as being an evil. I don't know if he strikes me as being a hard ass rock heroic kind of thing. heroic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. I, I I think part of it has to do with the legacy, like we said. You know, with the fact that Brandon Lee was, you know, killed on set, 
then to make that film actually happen, they had to do some things with right. a double and some early, I think, digital effects, I believe. So, uh, right. but I think one of the, the cool parts about this movie was kind of the perfect synergy. A director like Alex Proyas, who is known to have made some good early films like Dark City, things like that, his <laughs> most recent films have been less than good. Um, so maybe that snapshot time plus the soundtrack was phenomenal. And it was just like a snapshot in time that was just so perfect that sometimes they try to make sequels to The Crow and other movies like that. And I'm just like, people are like, maybe this body doesn't have much more life in it. But I, you know what? It, it could be good. I, we don't know who, though, is going to actually make this film. An actor is not a film alone. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think just like the new Batman movie, and I don't know if you guys saw this one, but this oh, is yeah. one of the recent movies that I actually thought was a film. And like, wow, you know, when they let directors do what they want to do, and cast and do the way and stay out as much as humanly possible, you usually get something pretty good. And we haven't really seen those days since the 70s and mid-80s. And then a little resurgence in the 90s with Quentin Tarantino's and Alex Proyas and stuff like that, where everything comes together, the Wachowskis, where it all comes together, where just, bam, you know, you get lightning in a bottle. And boy, that was the summer, again, as an animator. The Matrix year and the Crow year, I can't tell you how many people were every time coming to my office. Can you do the Matrix rain? Can we use the soundtrack for the Crow in the back of this? And this was still early enough on where you could kind of fudge that into things and the, you didn't get in trouble or you could cheat music into things because of pre-Napster and all that but uh, everybody we're doing a medical commercial we want to use Matrix Rain well what the hell does that have to do with it you know, anything <laughs> I don't know it just looks cool it's trendy and it's hip and the kids yep. will like it and blah, blah 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 yeah exactly right yeah, oh, I God. did I did look up who's actually gonna like actually make this film uh, Rupert Sanders, who all he has essentially done is made one episode of Foundation and that's about it which doesn't give you a good (laughs) and that's on like one episode of a TV show, but this is the weird part. The writer of this will be, is from Zach Balin, who just won an Oscar for King Richard. So it's like that mixed bag of like Mm -hmm. writing versus something cool and new because sometimes you get like a director who's really fantastic, but based on their history, you've got like an Oscar winner and somebody who made one episode of a TV show. I don't know if it'll work, but it could be great. be bad. (laughs) That dichotomy seems really far apart for it to, right. to work out well. I've heard great, I've heard great things about Foundation, <laughs> yeah, but like Academy, I said, one Academy Award winner and some guy. See, I, I uh, we uh, watched uh, Road to Perdition last night, and I hadn't watched oh, it in 15 God. years. Like, watched yeah. it with my girlfriend, and I was like, I kept, I keep showing her movies that she hasn't seen, and I kept leaning over, going, "My God, I can't believe I haven't watched this in so long." Look at that touch. Look at what the what what Sam Mendes did here when he moved past his tree. Look mm-hmm. how that car does this here. There is so much involved in the, that the director does. The cherry on top, if you will, or the the, mm-hmm. the top and the cherry it comes from directing on top of that foundation that you I I fear, you know, when when they put a director who doesn't really right. have the chops or comes from right. a, a background that is not quite there. Because TV is a completely right. different animal. And oh, yeah. Yeah. most early directors came from music videos, but you could also tell like the David Finchers where they can't, you know, what music videos oh, they yeah. did and how they translated that out. And- I, I, I have a quick uh, Star Trek related input to this. Uh, Star Trek Generations came out right after TNG ended, was directed by David Carson, who is a director from the series, not a film director. Though, Stephen, maybe you could correct him. Maybe he has some great backlog of films that I'm not thinking of. 
Now it's off my head, no. Yeah, that and that it just there was so much that, and maybe it was because the script was less than dynamic. Uh, but even some of the cuts, the even I as an absolute novice, I'm like, that was a that was a terrible voiceover cut. There was a, that was a terrible Star Wipe. That one's for you, oh. Todd. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a lot, a lot of a lot director, of stuff. Like editor, I producer. I mean, so many people right. make something well, happen, but yeah, the right. director has the eye, and the editor obviously makes sure it flows correctly. Because yeah, right. some people have it. I mean, even today in modern television, you've got things that have to be made for, and this is for Paramount Plus. A lot of things we have to make things for commercials and people that don't have commercials. And right. think about that. I mean, your story has to be like cuttable, and it's like right. ugh. You know, 10 minute little chunks, 10 minute little rising arcs and lands and chunks and stuff like that. Well, as an editor, I, you know, I deal a lot of local filmmakers from time to time. And it always, it it just amazes me. You get such individual talents out there. And any one of those, you know, I call them the five, the five pieces you need. Like you said, Todd, the director, the writing, the production design, the, you know, the makeup and the, you know, the editor, you have to have all five of those firing on all cylinders for a movie to be a movie, to feel like a movie to, you know, to me. And you, you know, so many local films are always missing like two of those pieces in, in my estimation. So every time I'm watching like something local or something like, like budget, budget, and I'm not even talking about indie necessarily, you know, it's so easy for me to get yanked out of it because you can say, well, that's a cool script, but the lighting is horrible. It looks like it's a soap opera or that's a fantastic director, but that editor is terrible. He, you know, he's spaz cutting the, uh, you know, the fight scene. So I can't tell what's going on. So yeah, it's a real tricky, tricky line. I love it though, as an editor. Excellent. Yeah, I know what you mean. I had to move my desk like a three quarters of a view because I have sun coming in. So if you didn't do that, you wouldn't have seen me. I'd be like a shadow. So see, Ooh. I'm a perfect director, editor. I do bring them all. I bring the whole picture together. Oh, Let me, man. I, I won't bust the illusion for you, but I'm sitting in my basement on boxes that my computer is on on a high top. I put a light down on the floor for the blue and I'm just slightly off center. So you can kind of get the. You know, so I'm even for this. And it looks. And what I, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, got, I've yeah. got this, and I'm at my dining room table in one of these really archaic chairs. But and, and anyway, those are, and those aren't even real picked, uh, shelves behind you. You actually, you're just sitting. But there's garbage cans and a dumpster this is, behind this you. This is really. all CGI. Exactly. There's there's a there's a coat rack behind me. That's what all this is. But anyway, mm-hmm. moving on. Uh, Todd, why don't you tell me when, when there's a slap heard around the world? What do you think happens afterwards? Wow, wow, yeah. It's funny because I believe Charlie, when we were recording, the Oscars were yeah, I think yeah. at the time, time. So we kind of missed some things, and I went up the stairs to watch it. And and obviously, this has been the talk of the town. You know, considering how much what stuff's going on in the world with Ukraine and everything else, it's like, but you know what? We're getting back to reality apparently, and we got stupid things happening in Hollywood that we're going to just be absorbed by, and everybody has a take on it. So we have not had a take on this, but we we know what's happened with Will Smith. And apparently he has now resigned from the Academy. He's still got his Oscar. He's still got this through the event. He's still got a standing ovation. Uh, Chris Rock doesn't want to talk about it yet. Um, and at this point, you know what? It is what it is. Uh, right. He's he's. And I would say at this point, these people are at such a level that you can't even compare it to anything else in the world. Because Will Smith is like a deity in a, in a sense Chris Rock is also held very high that you can't compare it to like real life anymore. So I don't even know if it's like worth even like delving in, but with society, thankfully there will always be hopefully repercussions to your actions. It's, it's, it's not a cheerocracy. You don't get to come in and demand to be the cheerleading head. If you do something horrible, this is the way it works. So apparently based on, uh, Will Smith's actions, Netflix is taking action 
to uh, not move forward or pushing his film fast and loose um, away uh, from being made. Um, it's on the back burner. So that means may never happen again. Um, Will Smith has had a really weird career anyways, where he's like, he makes an Oscar worthy film, but then he makes trash. He makes like that light thing on Netflix. So he's, he's kind of similar to like Nick Cage, like signs of brilliance, but then he does the, the easy, lazy stuff for money. Mm-hmm. He, he has got a lot of weird drama around him with his wife and his kids. And it's just like, you know, maybe for Will Smith, it might be a, not a bad idea to step away and just take some character actor roles. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Let somebody else shine for a while. But that's just right. my take. I don't know much more about this. I'm going to move this over to Steven. Um, sure. Well, Steve. Uh, I'm going to call you any different name. Steven, Steve. That's my Steve-o. full name is Stevens, but it does. Steve is fine. Yes. Okay. Uh, without yeah. getting too political that I, I, yeah, that, that was unprecedented. And uh, it's, it was interesting for me to hear people like suggest that might've been fake or not. And, you know, right. just to, just to land on that thing, I was like, you know, are you really suggesting that on a, on a Oscars that the last six years have been taking slack for not having enough black representation is going to, make a joke out of black on black violence on national television with and then black, Chris Rock is going to take that showrunner. Yeah. yeah, with with the, yeah that's completely around my black showrunner. I don't think that's what that's what's going on there. Ghosts and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. All we'll and, those, look, Chris Rock takes a slap like no man. I'm like, I couldn't take that slap. Well, that's, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I, I don't want to go too far more, you know, down this road. Cause it's, it, this is not a political thing, but there was a lot of stuff going on there that night. And just knowing Will Smith's past a couple of years, even regardless of the movies, but with his kids and what they're doing with his wife, I, I think this guy's mentally is mentally been broken. He's been broken over a wheel the last couple of years with a lot of the messaging that that's been going on. And I think he kind yeah. of like just lost it and not, not the best way, but him going up there and basically when you slap a man, a man slaps a man, that's basically telling him, you don't even scare me enough for me to ball my fist. You know, it's kind right. of a, a very dismissive thing to do, very slightly effeminate kind of thing to do. And I just all that mixed up. It just I, I feel bad for him that he's got something going on. But to move forward and then not to eat up too much time on Charlie's take on it. You know, I'm, I'm a huge anti-cancel culture guy. I think it has gone off the rails. And, true, uh, true. you know, for. People have been getting canceled for saints, obviously, 20 years ago. And it's amazing who gets a, you know gets on and off with it. You know, James Gunn mm-hmm. almost right. got lost, came back, Ooh. cool, and we lost a whole bunch of... Matrix bullet. Woo! Yeah, right? That's, that's it, yeah. And we lost a lot of other people, by the way, for less discretions. I don't know on this one. That, I, I, I don't have a problem with this thing being canceled right now. I mean, that was a pretty in-your-face, no pun intended, yeah, thing, that's thing the, to yeah, do. <laughs> that's the bit of it. Like I said, slap her around the world. That was for a global audience. There wasn't like, well, it was okay because this reason or that reason. It was, or it was it seemed fake because this thing or that thing or this angle took it or the media twisted or whatever. It was live television, near as I could tell. Yeah. And it was, and it was obviously very unfiltered. Oh yeah. What, what, and, what, what, and, what else is there to say about it? It just well, and, and it was delayed in the U.S. It was delayed in the U.S. But overseas, they didn't have the audio cut out like we yeah. did, where we we didn't get to hear Will Smith continue to talk at yeah. Chris Rock, which was yeah, just right. crazy. But yeah, I mean, Charlie, I mean, we have not seen like this behavior in public. I mean, I don't even know. I mean. Uh, it's just unprecedented where we have this type of like physical altercation where it was really one-sided and it's right. assault. And that's true. You, you mean, if this happened anywhere else, person would have been tackled, taken away. I mean, we had Monica Sellis stabbed by a fan coming out of the audience, stabbed 
an art and we can't have someone just come up and attack someone because mm-hmm. it's Will Smith. Because right. that's just that's just a weird thing. Well, let me ask right. you this, not to get too pointed on there. What if and I actually I heard this on the news a couple days later on a bit on YouTube. What if like Mel Gibson had done that to Chris Rock? Oh, yeah. This country oh, would be in a way oh, different Lord. place right now. On, on um, fire, on fire. <laughs> and, then, and, and especially with his history, obviously, not just yeah. because that's that's why I thought man, of him. Yeah, not yeah. a white man and a black man, but it's somebody who is woo. Let's not even get into that. But then, you know, in a country where we have slogans in the last couple of years of silence is violence and, you know, speaking up can be and words are violence as well. This is actual violence. violence. It should actually have I, repercussions. You know, hitting somebody is violence. I, just, yep. I mean, shit. And, 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 and I know this is going a step too far, but we had other hosts. So what if one of those hosts were all women, two women of color, had said the same joke? It's, right. it's not okay to say, I'm not going to hit you because you're a woman, but I'll hit you because of men. Hitting anybody, regardless of their gender or whatever, is just wrong. I think we can all agree to that. So it's oh, almost God, yeah. like a, we can't make a, a second decision to say it's okay or you should hold back because of a gender. You've got to hold right. back because of that's assault. And you've yes. got to be ready for the consequences that come with that. Right. He didn't go to jail. He didn't right. get charged. <laughs> he got off real lucky all, so far. Yeah, all like I said, his resign his his resign right. is posted Oscar, which means he can still get nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, I guess I guess I don't really understand what nominating or resigning from the Academy. He doesn't get a gift bag, him. apparently. Oh my God! Well, unbelievable. And obviously, what we're talking about here is having a project delayed, but it's not like he's uh, hurting for funds because no. the guy's a bazillionaire. But this is, the, you know, it, I guess time will tell what this really means for his career. But it's obviously yeah. it's not good that there's not like well, there's allegations that he hit hit Chris Rock. No, everybody saw it. Yeah. But anyway. Um, yeah, I think yeah, he'll take a speed bump, I think. But you know, Alec Baldwin is fighting like hell to like keep his career, even though it's getting right. ridiculous. But yeah, who right. else? Who came back? Some, I mean, James Gunn came back. People come uh, back from uh, some of these Robert things. Robert Downey Jr. came back from. Your Robert Downey Jr. came back. Yeah. You know, on a drug stupor, sleeping in someone's bed, home invasion. I mean, like, yeah. right. Exactly. Oh my God. Yeah. It's just crazy. You know, I mean, and we all want people to succeed and do well and he already apologized. So we get that, but you know, it, there's a path to redemption and we'll see how it goes, but he definitely will not be impacted financially because of anything he's done because he's well off more than 99% of the public. So no doubt I'm not worried it. for him. I hope though that he can, do the right thing in the future and right yeah uh, uh, uh someone that can can do some positive things because after a spe- that's this last piece sorry his speech after after he was done came off as so hollow right that just i just yeah, like, yeah. crack really? it out tears crack it uh, out. yeah that's weird. i want to apologize to the academy i want to apologize to all my friends here i don't want to say anything about the guy i literally just hit five minutes ago yeah i'm it's all okay. about love that's <laughs> I'm all about love. Yeah. so what well, i want charlie that's my new i'm all about love charlie that's that's, that's what love. happens I'm with a lot of these love. stars i'm all about that's, love suck it that's like uh it's alec baldwin they when they go to apologize it's like they're always apologizing for being too good I'm yes. apologizing for loving too hard. I'm apologizing for caring too much. I love too much. Isn't that the yep. Homer Simpson? I, I'm too real and I love too much. Yep. yep. <laughs> oh, <laughs> too extreme my God. for everyone. Oh, well. That story, though, is the exact opposite, which is oh, just, you know, uh, Bruce Willis is going to retire because he has a medical condition called aphasia, which essentially impacts your ability to speak. Now, I, I can actually. I, quick sidebar. Learned about this from an episode of Star Trek, early episode of DS9, Cardassian virus, everybody on the station got it. That's how I learned what aphasia is. 
Thank nice. you. So, and, and I can speak to this as my, my father who passed away, who dealt with many, many neurological disorders. The first thing that left him was his ability to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. I remember. I remember. I had eight years. My dad was alive. I couldn't have I couldn't hear him speak. And my dad was a, a joke teller. He was very much like me. Very effusive. Loved to speak. Loved to tell jokes and things like that. Losing that, losing your voice and be able to speak to people. Got to be a punishment worse than, mm-hmm. than than death because you are. Harlan Ellison made a book. I have no voice and I I need to scream. I believe that's the title. It's, it's similar to yeah. that. I have no voice and I I I, I need to scream. It's, I mean, it's it's that's that's horrific. We that is part of being human, communicating. Um, and if you didn't have that throughout your life because of being, um, you know, some affliction to get that in, in in your later years, especially being an actor, that's horrific. But the fact that he can do things now before that he can bring this condition to the forefront and um, do all these things to raise awareness, hopefully generate money for it is going to be the best thing we could happen from this because a lot of people didn't have a voice literally suffer from this. So um, the fact that he is going to step away, he is working with the Mayo clinic and he's into early retirement because of this, but he's got a strong uh, support group with his ex-wife, his family, and this is wonderful, but we, I mean, Bruce Willis is a part of all of our childhoods. Oh, Die yeah. Hard, Moonlighting, I mean, all those things. Um, you mentioned Bruno when he made the the, the Bad Album or the, the right. Wine Cooler commercials. I mean, <laughs> Blind <we> Date. All... <laughs> Blind. Absolutely. Uh, what is it? What was that one movie he made that was just so weird? It was like uh, a spy thriller. Hudson Hawk, and it's classic. Yeah, that's, that's, one. that's one. Oh, yeah. I don't know. You're right down there. That bear. Yeah, yeah. I was going to poke that bear. You know, Steve's. Steve would be have it in his hand in a second, so watch out now. It's Absolutely, right there. I remember seeing that movie. So weird, like Sandra Bernhardt, and just like right. weird, like was there like a like right. an animal involved in it that had to do part of like a heist? Bunny, bunny ball yes. ball. No, what, no. On the so heist, weird. they would sing. They were singing, you know, to keep time, and they uh, they were singing. Would you like to swing on a star? Would you rather be That's a mule? Right. Would you rather be a fish? And as they were doing all their. That's stuff. right. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I mean, that movie was. But, but, the movie is supposed to be like four hours long, the original one, and they cut it down to sub two hours. And that's why it's so choppy. That's why I literally seen just like end and go, you know, to somewhere else. And it's, yeah, right. there's apparently a hidden director's cut out there that we'll never see because not enough Ooh, people greenlit a four minute movie. No, four, no, four hour. <laughs> oh, sorry. Four, four hours. <laughs> four minute movie. Four minutes. That is some tight storytelling. I cannot yes. deny that. Oh, my God. But, no, I just the four hour movie. I mean, just think about it's kind of reminds me of Zack Snyder. Like, you know, is, is right. that the inherent like I saw Hudson Hawk. I needed that four hour cut. For oh, Justice my God. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to take us up on out of here. Good stuff, guys. But now it's time. Got to get out the phone, open up Uber. We got to get a, uh, a scuzzy cab to go down to scuzzy town. That's right. It's time for the Geek Easy. Let's do it. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're setting the Geek Easy. Cover band's playing, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. So this week, Steve, you're leading off. What do you got for us? What have you been watching and reading? Oh, gosh. What, what am I been reading? Right? I've been reading two very diametrically opposed things right now, I think. Uh, I'm a fantasy reader. Uh, I'm a reader of everything. I'm a Stephen King reader. Like, I think it's a prerequisite. So, read everything's ever done. But I'm actually reading the Witcher series because I've played all the games. I absolutely love them over the years. Just replayed the third one again. Uh, the show, first season was fantastic. Second season is what it is. Oh, really? Um, uh, well, I, I didn't like it as much. It's different. I, I okay. prefer the non-linear, linear, more esoteric way to tell sure. stories than this one. Um, but I decided to go back and read the book. So I'm like the third one in, and they're good, but they're they're heavy. I mean, it's I've read Lord of the Rings and stuff. They're they're 
they're, Polish, they're it's Polish yeah. fantasy, right? Polish fantasy, right? Yeah. yeah. And then I'm reading the Hollywood propaganda book, which might be a little controversial, but it's just basically about the history of the organizations that get hired since the 20s that basically come in and decide what messaging is going to go into pop culture shows and music and media. So it's some earlier examples to not get controversial because, you know, who knows? It's it's written by one guy, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, like Diamond Rings were introduced in the 20s as the way to propose to uh, a, a partner. It, before that, really? it was rings, but the Diamond Ring, because the De Beers Ooh. Diamond family Ooh. lobbied for that to happen, they put those in commercials, and now diamonds That's are awesome. everywhere for that. So a lot Thank of it is that. For that. <laughs> and as soon as we get you know we get closer to now, it's just more things about what messaging is happening in, in movies and stuff today. So it's I just a, that. It's a different world, right. but it fuses well, how I watch. What's the name of the book? Uh, it's called Hollywood propaganda. <laughs> okay, cool. I, I love that kind of stuff because there's there's a reason for things happening. It's like Adam explains it all, or Ru- Adam ruins it all. I think is the name of the podcast yep. or a show I like to watch because there's a reason for things, and it's just they just don't happen because it just happened. There are people behind it, and that's just the way big companies work. I work for a big company. They do things. They market. And it's kind of cool. That's that's really neat. So um, Hollywood propaganda. Very cool. Yep, yep. And again, to be not controversial about it, it is written by one side of a spectrum. So I try to read right. books from all sides of spectrum. So if anybody's listening and go find it, I don't want to come back and be, oh, that's a crazy righty guy or something like that. I go back and <laughs> forth right. trying to read you know, everything I can to get a good handle on it. But uh, yeah, those are those are it. And like I said, watching movies, I've got a younger girlfriend uh who has net was not brought up on movies so you know when we started dating a couple years ago i made her a list said these are things we need to watch if you would i'd love to watch them again with you let's watch them in here and watching her and my daughter watch these movies from the 80s 90s and 2000s things that i loved that they would have never found has been like the greatest joy of my last couple of years awesome dude well i would i would love to see this oh me too someday wink wink list wink 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 list I think you I, need I to was, share that. I was yes. talking about his basement setup because I because we live in the same town. Oh. Wink, wink, wink. We oh, can no. make it happen, Charlie. We can make all it right, happen. All right, all right. <laughs> well, you, well, you guys can do that. I just want to see the list. I so, want to see the list Steve, too. Big time. Well, if you've got the list and shareable, I would love to see it. I do. I don't have it on my computer, but I can certainly get it to you afterwards, and maybe you can put it off on something uh, else. That's but cool. it, it was it was obvious and B sides, right? I certainly have all the things you're supposed to, but then I wanted to sneak in things you would never found. So it's got like the devil's advocate and uh, just stuff that aren't like on a, somebody twenty years later is not going to just cross necessarily on a Netflix mm-hmm. that I think was great. Road to Perdition. I mean, but it's to be. Right. You know, it's just not it's a great movie, but not one that's easily found. So, OK, so I'm going to make a proposal, Charlie, right now. It's not indecent. Right. So don't don't worry Thank about God. it, Steve. Um, we do a uh, we, we've done a couple of things last couple of years. We've done like the the the, the, the remember Charlie, we did last summer. We did the because there was no movies. We did the the really fun, like just unknown or or deep, deep cut uh, movies. We did the last right. summer. Right. We always do a Halloween horror fest of like movies with that's that's horror in, in each week of October. So, mm-hmm. Steve, if you would like to come back. Oh, yeah, we're good. We got to bring in a pick and bring in a pick that we have to yeah. watch that you'd yeah. like us to watch. Yeah. We oh, love that. So. Horror section's right there. I've got yes. Okay, it's, <laughs> it, it, that, that is lo- that We're is locked up. For October. We're booking it. We Book love it. it. Dan. I, yes, because we are always looking for like just either new or weird or different or something we might have missed. So definitely, we will book you for that. All right. And you know it's going to be different too. Last, last on this point, you know, with so much media now with Apple TV, everybody having a movie studio now. 
I fear where movies are going to go, but it's so diluted you can't keep up, and all this stuff is lost in the wash. So I know I'm going years back, but I'm st- it's like trying to introduce a couple younger people to right, right. to this stuff. Good Absolutely. Deal. So with me, we'll pivot to me, and you know, Steve, if you haven't watched these, we'll try to keep it spoiler free in case you do want to watch it. But if you don't, let us know. Um, the first one is Moon Knight. This debuted on uh, Marvel uh, on Disney Plus this week. Um, you know, and this is going to be one of the odd Marvel properties that people don't know about this character. <laughs> Reminds me of Guardians of the Galaxy, where it was off most people's radar, coming into the forefront. Uh, essentially, in the in the trope with this series is essentially you've got a man who is experiencing a in the comics, as we've learned with Moon Knight, multiple personalities, mm-hmm. and this is manifesting in a way to tell a story very much like a Memento which is one of my favorite movies of all time, really fantastic, but essentially a main protagonist who doesn't know truly who he is after the first episode. He is finding out he might have a different life that he doesn't even know that's happening. And this is a really interesting show. Um, it's got, you know, um, Poe Dameron, as I call him, like um, twitchy or, or very uh, nervous Poe Dameron, uh, Oscar Isaacs being the lead. Um, he's essentially a, a shop worker at a museum and in London uh, with Egyptian artifacts. And then his life starts peeling apart. You find that he has some issues already because he basically tethers himself to his bed with a, a lock. Um, mm-hmm. He puts Sander on his bed to see if he's out, gotten out of bed. Right. And then Deep you find the out. And yeah. Exactly. And then you find out uh, he's got a second life because he's got some people telling him his name is not actually um, uh, Steve, but it's Mark. Right. which is just interesting as well. So you've got all this happening in one episode. And then all, all we really learn is Ethan Hawke is this weird, like cult leader. Right. Who does some really interesting things. So he who wants this, something from Steve. Right. He's got That's this. Fr- he's, I was going to say, he's got this Freddie Mercury thing going, but he's got this Freddie Krueger thing going where he's, you know, he's the dream police uh, because there's a good chunk of the episode that happens in these weird different settings. Um, but uh, yeah, I won't spoil the ending, but Holy cow. I did love it. And, and we can, and we try to keep it spoiler free for at least, you know, a week or so, unless we come right out and say it. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the ending. And again, Todd, this is six episodes. I think so. It's short. Yeah. Which is the, the, which is I, I like I like six or seven. Six or seven is great. Uh, I mean, keep you it watch, tight, as they say, yeah. right? Keep it well, tight. I um, mean, and it could be I, it, it could be mercifully short because the book of Boba Fett was mercifully short because it was all over the damn place. Holy shit! Yeah, we won't get fan <laughs> service in this one, Charlie. Most likely, yeah. Um, yeah. which is different because um, because there because there's no fans. <laughs> exactly at this point, it's different. It's a different type of story. I, I would definitely say if you're curious, check out some of the Marvel comics that are out there to learn more about the character because he's been all over the map. We've talked about some on the show. Um, I think he's interesting. Um, it's definitely not your standard uh, hero type of show, which I think find interesting. I watched the first episode with my family. They're not big into like the MCU stuff either, but they ended the first episode very intrigued, which is mm-hmm. a good sign. It's like there's more to eat on that versus just fan service, which is really cool. Um, we we I am nervous because we had a show that Marvel did with Fox and I think this studio through Hulu, which was Legion, which mm-hmm. was a definitely a thing dealing with someone with a multiple personalities. What is real? What is not? Right. I always worry that that becomes like the big thing. It's like, am I investing something that's just going to be a big uh, shenanigans? Didn't happen. Right. Uh-huh. Right. 
fool you, but we'll see how this goes. But I mean, I'm hoping because with only six episodes, they actually can tell a story and don't get derailed too much, but they can layer on really good storytelling and have fun with it. So we'll see how this goes. I liked it though. For sure. Yeah, same here. I, I'm interested on the different takes. So, uh, and Tad, yeah, up next, you and I are duplicating all the way across the board here. So, what's next? Yeah, Halo Episode 2. So, um, Steve, I'm not sure if you're into like video games. You, you play The Witcher. So, I, I would take it you might be, but Halo's not for everybody. It's more of a first person shooter, light on story, but a lot of lore if you want to read the comics and stories, mm-hmm. like books and things like that. Um, this is diverging. It's a different timeline than the actual games. And they are going the path of definitely a TV series because they're taking their time. Uh, they're, this, this episode was hot, low on you know, bullets per minute or whatever you're going to call it. We're about storytelling, where they're going to land and where they're going to go detailing things about the, the, like the actual lore of uh, the Spartans, which are this like master class of uh, hardcore warriors who are genetically engineered to defend the earth from the covenant. We saw more about the covenant. So this is really building in some of the layers, but definitely not the high points of the action mm-hmm. in the first episode. So right. I know exactly. this is this is like highly controversial from the like the, the the hardcore fan base of Halo. But I, when I when I when I take myself back and say I play those games and they lack story in the right. gameplay itself, this is doing more for like one stop shopping than if you're a fan you want to just read everything and you have to go out like The Witcher. The Witcher is a TV series. It's a book series. It's a game series. And like the the the, the TV show is based on the books, not the game, and it's like crazy. And this right. is the same way here with Halo. So I think Halo for the uninitiated, it's telling a unique story. I'm mm. not sure if I like the lead character because I don't know mm. if he's that like oh, uh, actor, charismatic. Uh, Pablo, Pop, what's his Pop, butt? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, porn stash, yeah, whatever his yeah, name is. Yeah, yeah porn stash from Orange is New Black. Yeah, that's how I know. Yeah, yeah and again, I, I talked about it last week for the uninitiated. And I'm, April and I are watching this is because it, it comes out on Wednesday, same as Picard on Paramount Plus. So we generally watch them back to back because we're early risers and we like to watch shit first thing in the morning. Um, yeah, I, 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 we as the uninitiated, as I said last week, we enjoy it, but it, this hardcore fan base up in arms. I get that. I'm a hardcore Star Trek fan. There's some things that you know, the JJ movies had me up in arms because reasons that i'm not going to talk about um i get it but they weren't great that could be it uh but it all it it all comes down to i i I, I, with a video game adaptation i'm sure what do you expect you know how can you really appeal to things that might work as a first person shooter i don't know what the story is involved in but if he's just running around blowing the heads off of aliens what are you going to do with that what are you going to do with that in a a television program you've got it you've got a layer you gotta you gotta put a little bit more stake with your sizzle of blowing heads off so yeah so so charlie does the so with that we're two episodes in i mean are you still in or do you care oh yeah yeah. i I care i care i'm interested i want to know you know with the weird aliens why they have you know the basically the baltar from old you know battlestar galactica the chick who is the collaborator it's like what's up with Mm -hmm. that you know, yeah, I want, I want to know that's unique. That. That's yeah. unique to the series, totally. And 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 okay. I think they're using some type of maybe they're using Jim Henson Studios, but they're doing a good job with the aliens. I will say yeah, that. I, I know I like people them. come say that I think they look pretty cool for being very weird looking. You yeah, don't see a lot okay. of that with like in Star Trek and Star Wars. So right. yeah, I like Star- the fact that they're yeah. Little- yeah, that that is unique for television, especially looking at Star Trek going back. And hey, let's put an extra earlobe on this guy, and he's an alien, exactly. So, yeah. Oh, Steve, right. have you watched any of it? Uh, you know, as I said a little bit earlier, I, I don't watch a lot of television now because I've been kind of disappointed a lot with it, and not because of mm-hmm. it's wrecking the fan base thing or anything like that. It's just I'm not interested anymore. It's not 
you, you know, there's seven stories that are told again and again and again, and there's nothing new. And like, even my daughter now is watching, she, I bet that's going to happen. I bet that's going to happen. I'm like, there's nothing new in any of these things. That doesn't mean they can't be enjoyable. And I do find that. But as far as the games, I'm an avid video gamer. I love uh, Master Chief. I love those games. They're very late on story. Uh, but I think Master Chief is, a, Chief is a character. Same with the Mandalorian is a character. Their mysteriousness is why they're a character in the games. And as soon as you humanize them more, they become less mysterious. But obviously the double-edged sword is you have to. But I don't want to see Master Chief taking a shower talking about love. That's not what the character is. But I also don't want to see mindless action. Although the few clips I've seen, it looks like they're doing a fantastic job as far as the production design and the sound effects. Everything are straight from the game. I just finished uh, Elden Ring. You know, I, I'm one of those people on the planet. I just got oh, oh uh, wait wait uh you're too good for me man because my son's <laughs> almost ready to beat it and i played it and i'm like he's my sherpa because i'm not that guy yeah but congratulations i'm not usually being awesome i'm not usually this is the first game that i actually played that hard and i play all the time um and it's so different from the witcher per se it's an open world but there's there's no hand holding it tells you nothing you have to I mean, there's very little story too no it's like it, in the story where you find it but you, when you pick up a piece of armor, it's got a little thing about the piece of armor, where it came from. And then you see it on a person later on. It forces you to actually create stories from what you see as you're walking around. There's a lot of videos on YouTube about this, which are fascinating. Not that that's the way everybody wants to play, but it's it hit me in a completely different way that I thought is a storytelling avenue. Yeah, I want to know why these these creepy women are dancing and laughing in this whole village and why you know what's over here? oh wait there's a dead one in this village way over here in a fire pit Whoops. what happened there you know there's just all this crazy stuff like that so it's a lot yeah yeah <laughs> sorry implied me. yeah it's a lot of implied like you can find more if you want but it's not going to lay it out and this is way halo is doing a little bit different it's like it's going deep on the humanizing the spartans which is we haven't seen before so it's definitely different i'm not sure the audience are going for and but if the fact that it's working with an audience that's unfamiliar with the franchise yeah. might be good enough because guess what you can play the games and you can read the books and the comics and you can ignore this if you want well didn't, didn't this do this for the mandalorian though because i only watched the first season of that they if you keep the main character you you, you add all the lore in everywhere else and keep mm -hmm. the main character as the main character i think that can still work fantastic too if Absolutely. not to say if master chief keeps his helmet on and never talks about love and everything else around him and just expand this lore, i think it still can be a great a great story without yeah. compromising what people love about the character but I, you know Right. Yeah, it's it's different. So good to hear you like enjoying it, Charlie. And then lastly, Picard. I think I'm I I started episode four, finished three of Picard. So I'm not up to hundred percent speed, but obviously now we're into the and and, and Steve spoilers, whatever you want to say, if you want to mute yourself or whatever. Um, but I, I definitely feel Charlie, we're in the what is it, the quest for the whale era of Star Trek right now. Well, not, like not not literally because it's set and it's actually set in the future of 2024 which is cool but it feels like it's going yeah. after that vibe yeah. i think he meant metaphorically charles metaphor i would i always i was wait are there metaphor. whales again are the whales back there's gonna be now it is it's, oh, no. uh, it, it's very it's very adaptable no it's set in the 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 near distant future of 2024 which, which kind of bumps up against another you know little uh, star trek easter egg that had to do with ds9 but yada 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 but all right well, Todd, what's your you know and we're, we're katie and i are talking about episodes four and five when we record after this um so what's your take on episodes two and three then I didn't mind it, but once again, we're in that now we're bumping into uh, Rios, who happens to be Spanish, now is dealing with ICE and getting right. detained there. And then we've got people dealing with, like, uh, some things. So it's a little... <laughs> 
it's a little not great because I feel like it's slowing it's it's slowing down progress for the main story. It's it's okay. I wish it was like more like one episode. Yep, we're done. We're going. I don't know how long this goes. I don't know if you're done with this by episode five. But to me, it's just once again, it seems like it's a story trope. It's like we're going to go back in the past. In Star Trek in the past, they would have done this in one episode. But now we got oh, yeah. 14 episodes. To uh, yeah, because yeah, because of the you know overarching theme of any single yeah. season, ten seasons of what or ten episodes of whatever. So yeah, this is ten episodes. As episode five, yeah, you're right. They haven't resolved it yet, but it does uncover some other wrinkles of what the, the Watcher is and the stuff that's revealed in that episode that you were. It's got to be Will Wheaton, right? It's got to yes. be him yes, coming correct. back. Correct. <laughs> it's it, it it's him plus all the other fan theories. What's the other one they said? Uh, I don't know. I, there was some other something. Uh, yeah, don't, don't give me Barclay. I don't, don't know. Don't, I'm gonna come up with some lame don't, stuff. Don't give me Will Wheaton. I am. I am not. Oh, a fan. Is, oh, who are gonna dance in the moonlight again? Uh, ooh. Yeah, ooh. Ooh. I watched my Star Trek. I know. I know that. I I know that Star Trek. Uh, anyway. Uh, well, yeah. Todd, keep watching. It might get greater. Um. But is it, do you feel like it's, I mean, we've run what in season two now? Is it, is it still like, is it getting derailed like it's a sophomore season or do you feel it's still pot? Like we had is it, like a is crazy it a sophomore, season. Yeah. Right. Is it a sophomore season? It's, it's, it, I don't think it's as crazy. It is moving a little slower and it's taking okay. on something different. But with the stuff with Q, who is, you know, purported to be the major villain, uh, I think they're, taking a different tack that I don't necessarily know where it's going. And, and I like that. It's not yeah. blatantly obvious at this point, kind of what's going to go down. Uh, but again, just, just keep watching, get caught up again. We're on episode five. I will. I, yeah. So, I, I like it. It's, yeah. I like the characters. I yeah. like what they do. Uh, I just was worried that it was going to be like this. Uh, Cause I did see the meme right now, Charlie. I, and I guess I'm big into Trek now, apparently the, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the punk that was in, Star right. Trek, uh, yeah, the right. question, whatever it was right. Kirk, uh, Kirk Thatcher of the uh, Henson uh, Creature Shop, actually. Yes, with a mohawk, with, you know, right. the, the, the flipping people off of his moon box, is back on this, and he's an yeah. older punk, which is like, like real time. It's pretty do. fun. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I there is some pretty fun stuff and some little Easter eggs that most people won't care about, but it's fan servicey. But it's not it's not Book of Boba Fett fan servicey sure. because because what could be? So all right, well, did let, Ahsoka show up in Star Trek? Oh my God! That that is that's how episode five ended. They were gonna they were about ready to solve the whole thing, and Ahsoka and Grogu showed up. It was it was amazing. Perfect. It was amazing. All right, baby, let me take baby it. Warf showed up. Ba- oh my God! That's the next one, baby Warp. Oh. All right, I will take us home. We were uh, at the cinema. Uh, regret- regrettably, obviously, to see the movie we're going to talk about, the Thunderdome. But uh, the day before, we went and saw the Lost City, which was a uh, a modern spin on Romancing the Stone, which is a movie. Right. Oddly yeah. enough that I grew up with because it was one of my mother's mm-hmm. favorites. They yeah. made that movie 25 years ago. Yes, 30 years ago. Absolutely. 40, Absolutely. 40 years ago. It was 40 years ago almost. Yeah. My God. Um, but it was uh, it was Channing Tatum who I enjoyed. He was actually in the la- – we saw the Dog dog the Dog movie was what I talked about last week, and he was the star of that movie as well. Well, okay, he was a co-star next to the dog. We all know that. Um, but, yeah, he was side-by-side side with Sandy Bullock in this, uh, and I hate to – Say it, but she has um, fallen on the wrong side of plastic surgery. Oh, uh, oh, back oh. to this. Can we just like leave this road. We're not going to talk about <laughs> actors like physical appearance anymore. Let's just this is like throw it out the window. It doesn't matter. It was. It was. It, it, I mean, even for April, she was saying it was tough for her to watch. But anyway, it doesn't matter though. It doesn't I, matter. 
if you say so. But anyway, uh, it was a romp, very dismissible. It was it was silly, but yeah, it's basically it's it's uh, it romancing the stone for more modern era. But instead of Michael Douglas, who is a you know uh, roundabout ne'er do well, you have uh, Channing Tatum, who is a the cover model of the junkie romance Fabio? books. Yeah, he's Fabio of the junkie romance books that that uh, Sandy Bullock writes. Uh, and she she went through this whole movie without a face, so that's what Todd wants me to say. How no was Daniel Radcliffe in this as the villain? He was uh, not menacing. Okay, not menacing. Okay, <laughs> charming and and uh, intense. He was, uh, yeah. It was it it, it it wasn't a say it was a no for me, dog. It was just it was not a sale. Oh no, it was it was oh, not no. a sale. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know. But again, the overall tone of the film being being you know somewhat farcical. How scary could he really be? You know what I mean? Seemed so, like a Jumanji. Uh, Seemed like a Jumanji. Little bit. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt stole the show. Uh, as what? This, oh he's yeah, in he it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's in the trailer. Yeah, he, he stole the show. I totally he's, forgot that. He stole the I show as the as essentially the the soldier of fortune, uh, maybe oh, Michael okay. Douglas role. That he jumps in and stuff, but his uh, yeah, I don't I don't want to. It's it's a fun movie, but his role is is brief. Uh, yeah, but it, you know what? It was fun. It was a fun way to spend light hair. And Todd, I unlike Morbius and Batman, stayed awake the whole time. It was great. Inside, no. Inside, no. Oh yes, yes. Just to, to let you know, and I'm sure we'll have a report from Charlie at this point. Steve, Charlie is now has this banner of pride for being old that he falls asleep at movies i'm like stop getting up at five o'clock for no reason for some reason you've got yeah you you just basically yeah set yourself up by saying you get up early every day to do the morning stuff so maybe stop doing that and you'll say you'll respect the movie charlie you got to go through it if you fall asleep you're not giving them or go to a four o'clock movie from now Uh, on man go to the 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 big play plus special i can't that's when i go to the that's when i go to the restaurant at four o'clock i beat the crowd Dude, you're the Denny's. You're the you're the senior citizen getting your senior yep. citizen discount at 46 years old. Oh my god! <laughs> no, dude, See, people should he, not fall asleep at movies. He that, doesn't. You're, you're too young for that. See, this is his shtick. He just always tries to embarrass me in front of the guests. Steve, terrible. Steve, no, no, 46 year olds do not fall asleep at movies. It's terrible. I it's have. Just, I hate it. It's happened, but I don't. It's oh no pride. God. There's no pride. Oh it's happened. It, I would. I, I, I would call pride anyway, Todd. Where are we going now? Well, I had one one thing oh. that's actually say as a movie buff, Charlie, because you keep dropping old movies. Have do you recognize my shirt reference? I buddy Revel's brass knuckle. No, you got me. Hit me. No, so it says the, Buddy Revel's uh, brassy knuckle for who, those who are watching the video podcast. I think it's and circa eighty three. There was a movie in nineteen eighty three or four called Three O'clock High with Charlie Samazko about a nerd who. Oh, bumps yeah. into the bully at, in the morning and basically the bully says I'll see you out on the bike racks at 3 o'clock and the entire movie is this kid freaking out all day long. I don't know if it, it wasn't a huge hit or anything like that but it's just I the kind of junk that I, I buy. I remember seeing so. the movie. Yes. Yep. And, yes. And, and, and here's a postscript to this that you'll understand. When I was in high school, that was me and Rob App. We had a 3 o'clock at the bike racks. That was a <laughs> pathetic fight. Pathetic fight. I was going to say, I don't know how I, – I know both of you. I don't know how scrappy you both were, but I didn't seem like that would be one worth no. going to. No, I, I have no idea why that guy, that guy and I always butt heads, but we're friends now. So, you know, that's, that's the way that works. Nice. Charlie always making fun, friends and enemies on the internet. Oh, well, that is it for the Geek Easy. Now it's time for us to go to a distant land to talk about a topic or game to keep those mutants entertained. And that's the Thunderdome. Welcome 
Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the meetings have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. This week, our topic is Morbius. This is the Sony uh, cinematic of Spider-Man characters. First movie of 2022. Uh, I, I believe uh, Steve and Charlie saw it before I did. I saw it on Saturday at noon. Uh, this movie is doing its own thing as Venom did as well. It's not sure. actually done by Marvel proper in the MCU. So there we'll go. This movie has already made like $41 million. We've got uh, interesting cast, um, and this movie happened. So I just want to say I am not bought and sold by the Morbius Movie Corporation. I got this cup because I attended the movie and got a beverage, and that's what happened. So I don't want anybody to take away that I'm like a biased like cup. You notice he keeps, he keeps picking it up. Keep we it never up yeah. You never would have known. So yes, by the fine folks at Sony, go, 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 go. Uh, it's that caveat <laughs> then like that media companies have to do when they do their news. Like, oh, by the way, we're owned by whatever. I'm not owned by the corporation that made this movie. Um, so before we get into this really quick, uh, this essentially is the, oh, I don't know how many Sony movies we've had that speak, that feature Spider-Man, but this is the third movie that, that does not that, feature. That does not. Yes, exactly. Yes. This is the third movie that Sony has made that does not feature Spider-Man that is focused on the, I guess call them Venom. Uh, like Venom was a anti-hero. Morbius is kind of an anti-hero. There we go. We know more movies are coming from the Sony uh, banner. They're going to focus on the characters, Madam Web and Craven the Hunter, as far as we know is happening. And we're going to get another Spider-Verse. So that is your precursor right. of this movie. This movie ran about 90 minutes long. Um, uh, yeah, Jared Leto's in this, Matt Smith's in this. Uh, um, and then beyond that, it doesn't really matter. Um, so really quickly, <laughs> um, right. so, this, so this movie is getting ravaged. So I just want to put a precursor. This movie is getting ravaged by everyone. And I just want to say, I think a lot of people are ravaging this movie even before they saw it. So I think there's like this weird negative like tiling on that ultimately becomes like self-fulfilling. So I just want, I said, I could kept my, uh, my expectations low. I said I was going to be whelmed, hopefully, at, at oh. best and, and not underwhelmed. But I think, Charlie, you had like a negative... Well, I, you know, it's 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 funny yeah. because it's uh, it's something that you and I you and I spar about critics, and I'm like, I don't care about critics, did it? And you're like, well, look at this Metacritic score, and look at this RT score, and I, and then I just see I, I seeing headlines starting over a week ago, uh, you know, and memes like you know they show the classic uh, joining of the arms of Arnie and and Carl Weathers and Predator doing the you son of a bitch in their arm wrestling or whatever, and it was like uh, worst DC film, worst Marvel film. And the biceps were Jared Leto. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, every, everybody was really – you're right. I There's no doubt uh, that I was influenced by this. But even by – There's the blood in the water yeah. for this film even right. before it came out a year and, ago. And even, so, yeah. seeing, even seeing the trailer, uh, having it – I guess the thing it, that – making it so – self-referential to itself where he calls himself venoms like and then they oh they even have in the trailer oh we haven't seen anything like this since the thing that happened in san francisco referential to venom it's like and then uh, the, the 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 stingers which we'll talk about which just i i think i said to april i'd turn to give me a fucking break with this shit oh my god it was, <laughs> you're right but i mean obviously the stinger was something that we'll talk about in a moment and was not in the trailer um yep. but yeah it just you're right they're just that in itself very much reminded me of the second Andy Garfield film of the Spider-Man with the let's try super duper hard to get the Sinister Six together. 
Uh, I right, you're right. Right from the get go, from the trailer, before we talk about the film, I, I was, I was feeling that sense of Mleh, about it because of that. Yes, you got me there. Yeah. So I, I just want to put that out there because I feel like it gets to this negative, like, oh, it's the worst movie ever. I haven't even seen it, but I hate it already. And that's what I, I, I really, the, the internet is getting this like negative vibe, and I hate to say it, a lot of people contribute it to. So I like, I tried to be like. I'm not expecting it to be a good movie, but I'll at least try to say, let's see what this movie is all about. So um, I think let's go from there. So the movie, I'll just give my impressions really quickly. Um, I thought actually the first like 45 minutes were pretty decent. They told a story. The character was pretty good. The acting was pretty good. I didn't see anything that was outrageous in regards to the bad acting or bad filmmaking, things like that. I thought it was pretty low key. When we actually got into like the... Um, I mean, you got the motivations are pretty well set. Some of the background information about the characters, where they're going, and then the motivation of where they're going to go in the future. I, I will say it got, yes, really cheesy when we got into the CGI fighting and things like that. But let me put it this way. I've seen far worse movies than this one. This is not the worst movie in the thing. I said, I already said this. If this had been a movie prior to Batman Begins... This would have been one of the best superhero films we've seen. Right up there, with Cat, right up there with Catwoman and Daredevil 03. Oh, no. Catwoman, Catwoman fantastic for those movies. Bad, that, those movies, bad script, <laughs> bad directing, bad performances. That's what I'm saying. This movie was, I would say, a competent film. Not uncompetent, didn't fail. Like, you didn't see the boom mic coming down. But I think. <laughs> okay, well, uh, so that's a little extreme. But, but still, but still, I mean, compare it to like Venom. Venom was horrible. Uh, even I found something in that. Twice. I think Venom, the acting was bad. I think the direction was bad. The plot was horrible. The pacing was bad. It was like, oh, this is a thing. Michelle Williams was kind of like, eh, we're going to throw Venom in there. I'm like, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm having context for this because I'm trying to compare it to other things that have happened. Even like Eternals, which I think was a beautiful film, that way that was scripted was not scripted well. It wasn't constructed well. So I'm just trying to think, I'm like, context. this wasn't the worst movie in the film. I've seen worse movies by far. I saw Wing Commander, okay? Wing yeah. Commander was a pile of crap. <laughs> I saw Phantom Menace. Look at this way. People regard Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace is horribly directed, horribly scripted, horribly acted, and it's it's far better than that on every level, except for maybe the creative lens of CGI, what he created, but come on. I would say it's okay for a for a though being part of a franchise that they're trying to build, even being not the worst movie you've seen, they should have done better. I thought with this particular. Oh, 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 I'm just thinking it's a good film. I'm just thinking (laughs) it's it's not. I think people are trying to make this out as the worst film. So, like, I think people need context to this versus saying compared to other films from genre, and it's a competent film. Well, that's what uh, they say that franchise. And that's forcing, not a high bar. That's not that franchise. Yeah, that franchise forcing, to, to my regard, is one of the things that I felt going in. But then, boy, right at the end, it was like it was a real kick in the stomach. It's just like, oh, ouch. But anyway, Steve, you were talking, and we're going to let Steve talk. Steve's got it. As I said earlier, I'm not a huge fan so much anymore of a lot of the current Marvel movies. I just think they've been played out so much. Of course, they're fun. There's been some awesome things. The sum of the whole, you know, some of the parts is the whole is greater than the sum of the parts and the, the end game thing. 
they're just getting played out now. And I think there's a bonus that you get to see these characters that nobody knows about, myself included. I mean, I'm not a huge comic book guy. I knew of the names, but this is not something I would, you know, know. I only saw it because you said the only way I could talk to you guys was to go see it. So um, <laughs> it's a hook. It's a hook. My expectations uh, were love to be good. Our right. price to our love. <laughs> right. My expectations were low, but to Todd's point, you know, I'm, I respect film and somebody worked on it. Somebody loved it. So I always give it a chance. Sleeping is the worst thing you can do and, and hating somebody you've never seen. And of course, the Internet just review bombs. Everything's up and down a day based on Man. politics, not whether they've seen it or not. Or if somebody slept with somebody in the cast and that's a scandal now. So they review bomb it and blah, blah, blah. I actually read reviews on it today that gave it tens and saying it was the finest film they've ever seen. And that's like rev- no. rev- reverse review bombing. It's it's bots and stuff that are giving it to re- the other just to throw the numbers off. I know review right? bots, review there. bots, review bots attack. There you go, Todd. There's your title. I was interestingly taking notes of this whole thing, and I felt like I could do a cinema sins just like that. But I know that you know you can do that with most movies with this. But I just thought, and I guess it gets what you said, Todd. I thought there was so much filmmaking issues, so many filmmaking issues, because that's my sure. critical eye. And again, I'm not no super expert or anything, and I, there's a lot of junk movies I like. I was just put off right from the bat. And I mean, from like the color psychology, the opening credits, like these pink and purple triangles flying mm. in your head. I'm like, that doesn't really get me in the mood for like a hard hitting action movie, you know? So I try to look at all that stuff and boy, that first scene, are we, can we, I mean, how spoiler do we get in here? I mean, I was like, well, 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 let's put it this way. Listen to the audience. We have yeah. like six more minutes. So that's, no, no, our, no. that's our, we're, our good. Wall, right? we're good. We're good. We'll, we'll, we'll turn your six minutes into like 12 minutes. Go for okay. it. Okay. You know, one of the first things I noticed that right when right when the two friends meet each other, right, you know, and they sit down and they put the one kid in bed and he's talking to Moby, who some reason takes on his name just by, okay, you call me Milo. I'll do that for the rest of my life. Um, but he sits down and mid-sentence, like the kid is sitting up in his jacket, his like little suit jacket, and says, like, how long have you been here? And it cuts to... Uh, Morpheus, and he starts to answer the question, and then it cuts back to to Milo, who is now in bed with an IV in his arm, in his pajamas, in this in this in one sentence, and I was like, "Who the hell edited that? That's crazy!" And then I think <laughs> I think they went into like a uh, montage scene, which you know you see all the time because they started right. to cut in all these things. You don't do it over one sentence though, like like just like that. And right. there were just so many production design things and so much. You know, a, a quote I heard a couple months ago that I really like and it really influences my ways, my thoughts now is movies today are are created and designed by people who are influenced by other movies, not by life experience. Because all these kids are growing up on their phones and they're growing up in, you know, in their basements and, and they're yeah. not on YouTube and they don't put heart and soul. So these movies and I, for the five years now, you know, oh, they put a cool scene in, but there's no build up to why that scene actually matters. There's no rhyme or reason why something, you know, uh, they just don't understand what makes a scene click or not. And there's a specific scene where a, a, a character Again, I'm not. Spo- I'm going to spoil. Can I spoil? I'm going to mm-hmm. sure. You know, okay. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoilers, everyone. Tune back in. Just an ex- this yeah. yeah. Example is it happens all the time. But I, these movies now, the I, I love because I don't love it. The bad guy just goes bad psychologically because he's right. bad, right? Right. And you have a blood disease in your bed, and when he when when the Matt Smith character goes after his mentor. I was like, my God, really? Is that something you would do yeah. for a lifelong friend? I know you're mad, but for I a lifelong friend, yeah, right. yeah, trying to help you. Oh, bad guy, kill, you know, or try to kill him, whatever. That's the kind of junk that happens in these movies these days. I can't, like, abide. It doesn't make sense. It's not psychologically right. crafted, indiv- interestingly. And, right. you know, I just got 
bad vibes all the way through. Go ahead, Charlie. I could go on a thousand other. I, I, you know, and again, I think Matt Smith was, uh, and again, I'm not, I know he was Doctor Who. I don't know where he ranks in the pantheon of Doctor Who because I'm so willy nilly with that. But I, I thought he was the most, there wasn't anything about his performance that made sense. Oh, really? Like, I thought he actually added some life to it. I thought he, like, I, you know, he embraced it being kind of wacky and crazy. I'm like, think well, about this guy, a person who like has cancer and they finally say you're cancer free. They have a different perspective on he's just gonna, he's just, us. that he wants to just blatantly go out and kill people. Um, oh, no, yeah, just, he's like, I don't care. I'm embracing these because I've been shit upon. And I don't even remember how it was established that they're, you know, they're poor Cockney bootblacks in the orphanage or whatever. That's what it seemed like. Cause he was like, give me back my litter. And the kids are beating him up and yeah. then he's, and, then he's impo- and he's impossibly rich. That was just, there wasn't anything really about it. And Todd, I, I could, I could tell I, I, I poked a, a button here cause you liked his performance, but I just thought he was just with his dancing and you're probably were like, what the Oh, I, th- I thought he was just having fun with the role, which all I want is an actor to enjoy it versus I got yeah. paid and I'm showing up. He had a good time Ew. with it. And he actually brought some life to it in a very dour film where there was little life in it. To be yeah. honest, that's what I was like. It was it's a juxtaposition of like, OK, everybody could play like oh, I'm edgy. He's like, I'm just having a good time and having fun. He's like, that's what he was doing. He was trying to say we've been living the living dead and now we can live. And I don't care who I kill because I just want to not be in pain and have a good time. Yeah. That's quite a message. I can appreciate that. But again, it's just the, the instant bad. Here's something I don't understand either, right? So I get the Marvel movies that have magic in them, right? And so right. Dr. Strange and the elements and all that kind of stuff. This was a blood disease cured by a natural medical procedure that he somehow took a bunch of money laundering equipment and made into like yes. blood. That was spectacular. Yes. Spectacular. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so in these Marvel movies, there's never a middle ground for the cure of disease. His lanky, no. thin, hollowed out body goes ripped or ultra vamp. And so it's like yeah, the, right. disease, the halfway point is being ultra ripped, you know, and uh, from vampire. Right. Um, but I really didn't understand the visual effects production of that. Like That's I got the, the, yeah. the, sonic, the sonic thing was cool. But every time they're flying around and they're smoking behind him and everything, yeah, I was, was, yeah, I, was, I didn't get it either. But it wasn't a POV shot, so why as an audience are we seeing them like yeah. you know smoke through the? But, right. Yeah, it was an odd. It was an odd take, almost like in the vampire meme of like smoke and mirrors and and, right. and this, you know, that, that that type of thing. It was like it was it was not clearly defined. And I think that's what we all say when you get a world, you have to have like what is the like the rules of the world? They yeah. weren't clearly defined. So that was a miss. I think the other thing that I thought was a miss when it's like ultimately, what's the end game for him? Like, yes, I can't live. Right. So kill yourself. I mean, that was the thing. I'm like, why are you still living and why are you still a threat to people? And then you you suck the blood out of your loved one. Sorry, spoiler still. Um, but then she comes but back. It, but it, and but like, it didn't kill her. Because is it because exactly. she, she licked her lips with the blood? Well, so blood, I think, dropped is, into his, or her mouth. I mean, maybe. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, so that make it – because uh, – Morbius, again, a Spider-Man character, is a pseudo-vampire, which means he doesn't, you know, he's not affected by the daylight and all this different shit. And so he his his rule set is a little different. I don't remember his rule set having anything to do with, and of course, vampires can convert somebody by sucking their blood or whatever it is. And that wasn't really something that figures in his rule set, except here it was. Yeah. Well, and it's then, part of his blood, maybe. I don't because know. Because of love? Yeah. 
Was well, it they, love? Their instant it's love? It's the fifth <laughs> element, Charlie. It's the fifth yeah. element. No, I, thought the, I, I thought that was pizza. Okay. Yeah, it was there yeah. only in the third act that they all of a sudden fall in love like on the rooftop. Right. Up until then, they were just hanging out, and then all of a sudden, they're they're interested in each other like well, that? Nothing sexier than uh, uh, <laughs> Blood, getting, yeah. getting like, healed. I don't know. Right, exactly. Yeah, it, it didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, and I think there was a lot of plot holes. Totally get it. And that's where I think the, the end of the movie is where this fell apart completely for me. And I'm like... I get right. it. it. It didn't make any sense. So I'm, not, I'm not trying to defend this movie. I'm just saying the first part of this movie I thought was pretty decent. But when they tried to lay around all these extra parts, like it kind of fell apart. So I think this is where it lends. And I think at this point, I think it's good to get into then the, um, the, 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 the I guess you call them mid and the beginning and mid yeah. stingers. Right. This is stinger, yes. Straight yeah. up. Yeah. Straight up. They were, they were really just like extra scenes. Cause you're right. There was, it was not a low, oh, I'm going to sit at the end. So yeah, this was uh, you know, a clear play uh, on the MCU. You simply see yeah. uh, the New York skyline at night. You see a crackle in the distance, which if you watch Loki or if you watched uh, obviously Spider-Man No Way Home, you know, is a fracture in the multiverse. Well, in an empty jail cell, Michael, I was going to say Michael Bolton. Oh my God, Michael Keaton. It, it would have been great. I love, if it was Michael I love all of his catalog. I, do, I celebrate his entire his entire catalog. Uh, yeah. Michael Keaton is Adrian Toomes appears, uh, you know, because he appears mysteriously. He gets released. Uh, they go back to the credits. They show some time has passed. Michael Morbius is driving a sports car at night out in the middle of the desert. When he gets out of his car, Adrian Toomes shows up in the vulture outfit in the middle of the night, which makes absolutely no sense in any way, shape or form. Uh, yeah. That he has meticulously recreated yeah. this tech, which was yeah. destroyed back in Spider-Man: Homecoming. But he has the same jacket and the wings, and everything's good. And he does the super forced franchise building. I think guys like you and me should totally stick or stick together or whatever. And Morbius was so like, bad. "I'm I'm listening," and I was like, "Fuck you!" That was I that, was the, worst. that was, was the worst. That was the worst. That was that killed it all for me. If I thought it was bad but redeemable, this was the nail in the coffin. Yeah. That was also it, the like I said, it was the it was the end of the movie where it's like, oh, okay, we're right. gonna take anything we did that might have been positive and just oh, put it in the toilet. Well, because it completely, if he entertains, that goes against his hero's journey. His right, whole exactly. time is trying to be good, and he decides to become part of the Sinister Six or whatever. Yeah, you just right. dumb bad for no reason. Well, Much like that's Adrian the- Toomes, though. Adrian Toomes was just trying to defend for his family in those movies, and now he wants to head up a big bad franchise all of a sudden. Right, I, exactly. And that's where I couldn't tell if he was like, "Are we going to be good guys or bad guys?" Yeah, he said we should like, stick like, together. Yeah, that's so weird. I just, what does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? What does stick so together weird. mean? Yeah. yeah, it was it was oh. so weird. But my only positive for these stingers was at least I didn't have to wait till the whole damn credits. It was quick. <laughs> I'm like, wait, it's already happening. Everybody it's already has to. Yeah, I'm good. Everybody has to. If you drank that whole Morbius cup, you had to take a whiz at that point. You know, it's true. Uh, mm-hmm. I only took a couple pee breaks. I had to take a couple. Yeah, I should do like a uh, like a rating and how many pee, bake, pee, pee breaks I have to take. But there yes, this one was light on it. That's, but, that's but the real once again, I, once again, it was like it was like. It's wait, it's over already. These aren't even mid quills. These are like mid credits scenes, not end credits. So right. definitely all in the mid credits. Okay, and can I just walk back? Just one other thing that I found interesting about it. It, it, the script was written very again by I think people inspired by better movies, it, juvenile, and right, this yes. was such an obvious example again of not f- plot holes, not fulfilling scenes, not earning deaths not earning anything because you don't care about these characters but the the trope that i love now is the cops doing inter- interrogation scenes who come in with the vaguest one question they don't get it answered and then they go we'll see you around and they leave and it comes yeah. in like <laughs> they come in and go that was great 
we found this on this boat. We also found eight <laughs> yeah. bodies that were drinking their blood. I'm like, why would the cop tell this random nurse, like, we yeah. found eight bodies drained of blood? Like, that's a detail that might not be the first thing you offer. Well, I can't help you. All right, we'll see you around. You know, like, jeez. So, <laughs> we're going to get a spinoff with those two cops. And by all means, Tyrese Gibson as a cop. That right. was a, like, that's not going to be a good movie to begin with. And then we got the guy with the mustache. Al, Al, it was uh, Al Madrigal from The Daily Show. That okay, uh-huh. there we go. So maybe yeah. we're going to get a spinoff with those two guys who they just investigate murders in the Sony Cinematic Universe of Characters. Uh, where peace wait, 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 wait. God, you cannot yes. forego the browning that is called the Spumco. Spumco, yes, yes. The Spumco. Spider-Man universe of cinematic movie making. Oh, there you go, Spumco. Oh, my God. Oh, all right, well. all right. I'll be, I'll be hey, the rapper. Up. Yeah. Yes, let's get ratings there, Charlie. Yes, let's, yeah, let's wrap it up. So, Steve. No, I'll oh, give it the- Oh, the ten drops of blood. I give it the finger. It's from an old, another old movie, <laughs> Hollywood Shuffle, old stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. I would have to say that I thought Jared Leto actually did all right. He was very reserved. Yeah. Matt Smith did bring some fun to it. I hate mumble comedy now, so the funny cops kind of burbling their way through their lines, like you know, didn't care for. Uh, I give it a probably a four. Could have been old time Spawn days, you know, old original. Stuff John higher, maybe, but a, a clown costume showing up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seven and a half. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, I, I will echo that simply because I, I agree with you. There were elements that were passable to the point I don't think I'm going to love it as much as Todd does. Matt Smith really kind of bugged me because he's like, Yeah, you're right. The zero motivation. It's like, I'm always a great guy and I love my friends or whatever. Right. And now I'm a killer. There are two character traits I found funny because they showed it so many times or mentioned it. Casio watch for Morbius because he's quirky. Oh, yeah. And so sweaters quirky. for Matt. Sweaters for Matt who wears cardigans yes. and stuff. Like, that's right, his deepest character no, traits. No. <laughs> Even better than that, shirt and tie the same pattern. Oh, when yes. he went bad. Yeah, when he went bad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, was, there you go. That was the – but, yeah, there, uh, there, the, the lack of character development absolutely reminded me of um, Andy Garfield's Spider-Man 2, which uh, also had the, the Force franchise. So I, I tend to think of those films under the same lens. Yeah. I, I, I think I'll also swing this one with, like, a five. This is one of the yeah, – yeah, this is one of the lower-rated films that I've seen. It was, it was five. I found it redeemable but largely. So it's like a 50% for me, I'd say. Okay. I'm going to – so, so Charlie, because I have to compare this to Venoms because this is the last movie they did. So I think this is better than Venom. Both Venoms, by far. Ah, um, okay. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't disagree. Venom, Tom Hardy and his, I'm going to make up an accent in bad. In the last Venom, holy shit, that was a yeah. horrible movie. I, I skipped so that one. better than <laughs> Yeah, Woody, Woody Harrelson is what really torpedoed oh. that film. Oh, oh yes. my God. So that's why I'm oh saying God. context, Charlie. Context. This is I, better than both I Venom just, films I and above there. So I, I think you gave like Venom a six. So this has to be like a 6.5 for you. So uh, I think you just context. So me, I don't. first half, first half is like a solid, like seven, 7.5. The last half is a good 3.5. So that's where I'm trying to come up with my rating. So I'm going to give it a six. To a, 5. Well, 5. Take a, a seven and a three and divide them in two. Eh, it gives me like a six, a 5.75. Oh, there you go. So you still snag the top rating. That is impressive. Oh, my yes. God. Even Super. though it was not a good film, but Wait, not no. the worst film ever. So not context. The wor- not the worst film ever. All right. Uh, that's going to be it, folks. So we're going to take us up on a high to here. Steve, we always ask our guests, 
where do people find you out in the world of the social medias or whatever? Oh, I certainly appreciate it, Charlie. Well, again, I work for a company, my company called Shutterworks Media. That's works with an E. You can find that online. We do video production, animation, big, small. Don't really do weddings, but everything else out there for as far as commercial work. I also didn't mention before, Charlie, but uh, I do have a podcast of my own with an, uh, another old friend called uh, Absolute BS with Brad and Steve, where we interview a lot of local, we call them celebrities in Grand Rapids. I uh, try to do it in a different way and, and, and instead insult ourselves and demean our guests in a lighthearted and fun way to rip the wall down of transparency, get people to laugh, and then give us a real answer about their lives. So that's called Absolute BS with Brad and Steve, cool. Spotify, Twitter, all that kind of stuff. Love to have you guys on that show as well. And Ooh, I'm yeah. just thank you. Yeah, thank you for the, But we make fun of you, though. So the nerd thing, I'm a nerd. Well, I make fun of that. I was going to say, you heard how Oxford tears into me. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was uh, good. No one has ever said I've been short or bald. Yeah, that surprisingly, was good. throughout well, my all my life, they've never said those okay. things. That's okay. Nobody can tell that you're short because you're sitting down. Any, anyway, uh, you can find me, of course, over on Twitter at the C3. Spell it out. Uh, the wife and I, of course, run the USS Grand Petoskey. That is the Michigan chapter of the Star Trek International Fan Club. You can find us on all the socials at that. Uh, name and of course I try to do my best to populate our Secret Friends Unite Facebook group with content when I can. Sometimes I'm good, sometimes I'm bad. I don't know. Todd, back to you. Yes, you can follow me on at Tiaxtra on Twitter, where I uh, talk to people, try to have fun, and try to uh, add some sanity into the dialogue that is happening on the interwebs. If you want a game with me at Spartion ninety eight at Spartion nineteen ninety eight. On all platforms around the globe, have fun. I just like to game and have fun. So there you go. I like to have fun, but not like Matt Smith in Morbius. Ouch. Okay. Ouch. With that. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Ouch. I will simply say, with that, friends, thank you for joining us. I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. And a truck. I have no good advice for anybody. S- oh, Steve, I cut you off. Do that now. I have no good advice for anybody. I want to bite your neck. Ah, blah, blah, blah. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.